Hello and welcome to a very special, special, very special, I'm getting Dutch already, a very special summer podcast, Transfer Bonanza, here at the Koshcast. It's under the Kosh. I have completely forgotten how to do this. Amazing. You go away for three weeks. At under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. Uh, my name is Alex. <laughs> Bernie's here. How's it going, man? Wow, Alex. Um, I'm not going to say I would have done that better, but... Um... Yeah, well done on messing that up. I'm well. How are you? <laughs> uh, clearly in need of preseason training is, is how I am. And we're joined today uh, for the third time by the very special, the fabulous Roy Allende. How are you, Roy? I'm doing great. Doing great. Having a, I'm going into summer mode, and uh, that means transfers. So mm-hmm. constant Twitter refresh. Uh, aside from that, yeah, doing doing all right. Excellent. Um, I like how summer mode for football fans is just like staying inside and refreshing one Italian man's <laughs> news feed. Onstein and Fabrizio, man, that's just my life right now. Aside from work and like uh, some pool time, that's that's it. Nice, nice. It's true though. Like, what what did we do before these these Twitter gurus who actually the the thing is the thing that's annoying is that you can't even take your eyes off them because they're right about pretty much everything. I mean, Ornstein is a hundred percent. Fabrizio covers more bases, so he's like, you know, very occasionally something will go wrong. But basically, if they tweet, it's happening. It's you know what I think. I think we used to have lives back mm. in the day. <laughs> I think that's what it was. It was like, okay, you know what people actually used to do? They used to watch Sky Sports News. That's that's yeah. really what it was. That's true. And it was yeah. the same thing recycled every day. And they knew nothing, by the way. So, like, <laughs> it was when when a transfer, like, when, <laughs> when you really heard, like, you might hear a rumor day after day after day, and then you hear about the tra- a tr- unrelated transfer, and you're like, what? Like, that was a life, mate. <laughs> it's true. It's actually true. Remember, remember Sky Sports, they might still do this, I don't know, but remember they just station a reporter outside of a ground, just in case they saw oh, yeah. anything. <laughs> like, yeah. you're there for three months. It's, it's funny, because now is when you sort of realize how slow Sky Sports news actually is. Um, I mean, maybe because we're just pinned to Twitter constantly, but... Uh, like if if you think now of like when you hear something from Sky Sports News, it's like this stuff was broken like a week ago. <laughs> and they'll have breaking, you know. Yeah. Darwin Nunes is a Liverpool player, and it's like, buddy, Liverpool already announced this. This is this is wild. Uh, it's also funny when they have like Darmesh Chef or whatever, whoever those guys are, and they're kind of giving you some insider thing on the transfer. And you're like, mate, I know more than you, and I know you're wrong. <laughs> Hundred percent. They're like the Internet Explorer of transfer news. That Cave is still trying to recover from his Tomiyasu bit. Um, he's gonna follow him for the rest of his life. But uh, yeah, I don't trust Wait, anyone was, at Sky. What was his Tomiyasu bit? So essentially, he said this Tomiyasu guy. His agent is trying to shop him around to any Premier League team that will entertain him, like. Just, just any team, Watford, Burnley, please, just, just take this guy out of Serie A, um, and basically try to make it seem like he was, you know, you know, when you're playing football with, <laughs> with your friends, and you know, you got to pick people, and you got the last two guys left. He was trying to say that Tomiyasu was, but the guy who was never picked, basically. Um, so, 
Yeah, man, Arsenal, Arsenal, play, Arsenal fans absolutely hate this guy, Kabe. The guy knows nothing, man. Absolutely nothing. I mean, to, to, he doesn't. But to be fair to him, like Arsenal fans have recently turned on Tim Vickery, who is <laughs> one of the best, most brilliant like journalists and sports reporters that the internet uh, has ever known. And uh, oh. he, he spoke some truths about Gabriel Jesus's. Uh, how should we put it? Positional indecision, maybe. Yeah, uh, he's been written off as a fraud. So. Man, I promise you, I had to. I was, I had to hold back because I, I've read Vickery for years, like on the BBC back in the day and everything. So you know this guy's reliable. So everything in me was wanting to just like pounce on him. Um, so I tweeted out how angry I was that I couldn't, I couldn't shout him down like I did Cave because he's legit. But the, the, that's the problem, though, when when serious. When serious journalists wade into the transfer zone, it's like yeah. they don't know what's coming, really, they don't get it. Like he he wants to do some analysis and talk about you know the actual the context around it and and the yeah. history around it, and people just want you to tell them the player's brilliant and he's coming <laughs> to their club. Like that's that's all anyone wants to hear. Nah, it's crazy, but no, Sky, Sky. I don't know how they how they're living still. I guess people still watch him, but. Uh, yeah, transfer life now has moved way past them. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Tony Asu still hasn't scored that goal though. Just, just saying. Yeah, man, he'll be back. <laughs> we, we didn't really foresee him missing three, four months of the season. Okay. That's not my problem, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, all right, we have got uh, a lot of names to get through. So uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this by team? Um, Bernie, uh, you're on you're on uh, baby duty tonight, so we we don't know when we have you and when we might lose you, which is totally fair enough. But so why don't we start with United because there's barely anything going on and we can get it done quickly. Um, you're you're still trying to sign Frankie Dion. It feels like it's been going on for years. <laughs> someone someone went on Twitter and said it's been it's been 50 days since Manchester United opened talks with Bar- with Barcelona. <laughs> You know, you know what the funniest thing about this is to me is that Barcelona are literally missing out on targets because they have no money, and yet they're delaying getting the money from Manchester United. I don't, I'm, I'm failing to understand something here. It's it's the funniest deal in the world because Barcelona go, we want 85 million confirmed. United went 65 million. Then they went 85 million confirmed. Then they, for like 30 days, they were just talking to each other and saying the same thing. And then all of a sudden they went, fine, give us 65 and 20. My and I went, uh, how about 62 and 20? <laughs> it's the funniest negotiation I've ever seen. Yo, isn't Darren Fletcher in Barcelona, right? Like for these 50 days. I heard that the guys just planted there trying to figure something out. So um, what happened just was on when, jolly. honestly, that's what's going on. He's, like when um, the fans threatened to protest at our CEO's house, and he met them at a pub. Literally, he was like, "We have people in Barcelona right now." This is, this is that was two weeks me, ago. Uh, giving me the three wise men sent over to get Ander Herrera vibes. <laughs> oh, okay. But, the, okay. Sorry, Roy, go on. I was just gonna the the point that I realized that this is unhinged was when I was seeing tweets from United supporters about like Barcelona board meetings. Like 
these guys are so deep in Barca life. Like, I think these are the guys you should have sent to negotiate because I don't know if, like, what's what's the CEO's name? Richard Arnold. Richard Arnold. Yeah, I don't know if he's as in in the know as some of these United fans who are giving me like the play-by-play of like Barcelona board meetings and how things are going to line up such that De Jong could be purchased. When you are giving minute-by-minute updates of board meetings of another club, I feel like something... You you know why it's happening, though? Because, like, there's a Barcelona reporter, Gerard Romero, who is literally giving... Like, he tweeted today and he said, guys, I've got a bomb. And the last time I dropped this bomb... Like, he, he said 50 days ago, okay? He said that this deal is 95% done. So I've been tweeting, like, anytime I see a tweet of his, I go, 95%, huh? Like, what the hell? And, and he said, well, the last time I tweeted about this, Barcelona got upset and slowed the deal down. I'm like, bro, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's like, yeah. he's the one saying all the board game stuff. Barcelona <laughs> slowed it down because Gerard Romero, who sounds made up, decided to tweet about it. He's like, he's like telling everyone about all the board meetings that, like, you know, the Laporta and two other people are talking departures, departures. Yeah. It's gonna happen, but like the circus yeah. is too much. Yeah, it's it's mad. Um, they're they're already. Maybe this was just on Arthur. I don't know. Maybe this is going on in the, in the wider United community, but the debate as to who will actually play next to him and whether whether McTominay still has a place in the side seems to be going on, which is very funny to me. I don't know why they're having this conversation because the answer is Fred. Like, <laughs> there's literally no one else who's going to start next to Frankie de Jong. Bunny, bunny, bunny. No, 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 no. The answer is Maguire, man. You haven't seen that apparently good old Ten Hag is going to play Harry Maguire as a DM. I, I saw tweets about this, man. I, I saw tweets about this. We're I going from Fred to Mag Fred. <laughs> Mag Fred. <laughs> oh, I. I would love to see it. I would love to see Harry Maguire as a CDM. Oh, that'd be that'd be good. It would either be the greatest thing ever accomplished since the landing on the moon, or the worst thing ever done in the history of mankind. <laughs> he's he's, he's got to be the better version of Joe Linton, just further back, right? Like none of us could imagine Joe Linton as this marauding midfielder. Harry Maguire. I, I imagine Harry Maguire as this uh, number nine target man. With, 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 just like, you know those those memes of fuck it he's over there somewhere yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> David James settings last five minutes <laughs> um, leaving United Paul Pogba uh, he's he's gone back to Juve uh, any any thoughts on this easy easy way out is he just going somewhere where he's comfortable uh, Juve were horrible last season There's, I mean they're, they're adding Pogba and Di Maria and Vlavic. like they should be better but in a couple in the space of a couple of years Allegri seemed to turn into a dinosaur. The the problem with with the Pogba thing is that it's such like that a no one else wanted him. That's just the truth. Oh, PSG wanted him, but not at the money that he apparently wanted, which is actually a pay cut from what he's getting at United now. And I think a lot of United fans, even the ones who stuck with him forever, are annoyed because he did that documentary. And that documentary, oh, yeah. he said, oh, they are they he wanted a new deal, which everyone said happened and Ole went to go try and get him a new deal and then he said wait this is what they're offering me this is nothing how can they offer me next to nothing 
they offered him 300,000, which was 50K more than what he's earning now. And mm-hmm. to him, that was nothing. And now he's earning less. It's like, what is wrong with you? Like, there's no credibility there anymore. rubbish living in England is, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. You can't but, argue with that, but with that bit, <laughs> like him, it's interesting. I think of maybe I, I didn't watch Pogba as much as United fans do, but like there's moments where I think of Pogba just essentially shitting the bed, and it's moments where like some some player who just has more passion is running around more than him and working more than him, and he's sort of like being a little lazy and giving up. And I wonder if like being in Italy where more tactical, a little less physical, you know, he can sort of potentially drift in and out a tiny bit and not be shown up as much. Eh, maybe, maybe that works for him. I don't know. And he's got, uh, he's got like some good players around him in the midfield. So I, yeah, he can do I, his flash. I, I would agree with that. I, I think like he's, he's not someone that can't deal with the physicality of the Premier League, but he, he may mm. be someone that doesn't necessarily want to. Like, he does seem at times to want a bit more time and space than he's given. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, in that respect, Italy, Italy might, might suit him a little better. It is, you have to remember the midfields that he played in at Juve were unreal. Like, Pirlo, yeah. Vidal at their peak and, and that kind of stuff. Like, he's never really had the same level of support at United at, at any point. But how dare you, Frank? No, how how dare you? Like I think, I, I think though with him, it's that he wants to be like the best Pogba we ever saw was those first three months of Ole's interim where he said, "You're the you're the guy. Everything goes mm-hmm. through you. Do your thing." He got 16 goals that season because they just said, "Have fun. Everyone else will work hard. You have fun." But then Mans got injured. And then they brought Bruno Fernandez and said, "Bruno, you have fun. Right. <laughs> so, Only one can have fun." Yeah. Except for that, they put him on the left, and he did really well. But you can't like it's been either injuries or this and that and the other, and it's like go get a fresh start. Go to Italy where there's mm-hmm. space. The midfield Juventus is not any better than United right now, but you can go to any fashion show you want. No one's going to be mad at you. You can literally do anything you want with your hair. No one's going to yell at you except for the Cagliari fans. Like, and they were going to yell at you anyway. So Exactly. Like He can do the prima donna thing that he wants to do, and no one's going to care about it. And I think for his sake, that's a great idea. Why not? Yeah. What, 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 what do you think he plays in Juve? Like what position? Do you think he's more of like a, like a more closer to a 10 or, or like a, a box-to-box guy? It's going to be really interesting to see what Juve do next season. So... Vlavic is there, Morata's gone, Dybala's gone, although he might come back because no, he doesn't seem to be going to Inter anymore. We'll see. Um, so who else is there up front? Moise Ken, technically? Yeah. yeah. Probably go. Anyway, so this is it. Yeah, so gone, right? Yeah. So you'd think they'd play one up front um, with Di Maria on one side and, honest to God, don't know on the left. But you, in the middle, you've got Locatelli, Pogba, and... Um, Western the American McKinney. kid, Western McKenney, who likes and, Z- and Zakaria is there as well. Yeah, they're yes, trying to sell him. True. So that's a, like, that's a very strong central midfield. I'm just not entirely sure what Allegri will do around that. There's no, there's no defensive midfielder. Yeah. Well, Zakaria was well, supposed right? to be that guy, right? Yeah, and he's shit. So, like, you, 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 at this point, they have to put Pogba a bit centrally and atta- like as a CAM. 
mm-hmm. to get close to Vlahovic because otherwise, I mean, Di Maria, does he have the legs to do this? Like, who's on He's the other side? Chiesa, I guess. <laughs> sure. Oh, Chiesa, of course. Yes, yes, yes. So Vlahovic, oh, Chiesa, He's and Di Maria, back. like, that's a, that's yeah. a proper front three. That's solid. Um, but, so, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Be interesting to watch. Um, Juve, though, this is we're going to go to Chelsea from there because Juve, um, Chelsea have approached them for, for De Ligt and Juve have been asking for a lot of money, which is kind of pretty reasonable. Like, he's very young. They paid 80 for him or whatever. So they want 80 to 100. Um, except the Juve, um, one of the executives or whatever today, basically admitted that he might go if Chelsea pay the money. Which I thought I thought they were like pricing him out of the move, but it doesn't appear to be that way. Um, so let's talk about Chelsea. Like that would be a pretty good signing. They, no, Rafinha. I know you hate him, buddy, but um, he's rubbish. He's not rubbish, though. He is okay. He's not rubbish. Is, he's just not that good. <laughs> he had a very good season last season. If 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 Chelsea wanted to be smart, they would have done the Demoral deal for twenty million. Mm. And he would have had the exact same impact as what Delit would have at Chelsea. Demerol's a nutcase. Exactly, yeah. he's an absolute nutter. But you're getting rid of Rudiger, so you need another nutcase in that team. Well, they're replacing him with Nathan Ake. CC, this is ridiculous. Like this is just ridiculous. All right, Roy, come, no. Roy, come, come in on Nathan Ake. So Nathan Ake is like a nice defender for a team like Bournemouth, right? He's the kind of guy who seems like he should be better than he is. Like, you look at him and go, wow, like, you know, he's pretty tall. He's decent, technical on, on the ball. But when the guy is on the field, he doesn't really command. He doesn't command anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the guy's gone to City and, you know, you see him three times a season when <laughs> everyone's out. And, uh, you know, you see him at the trophy, uh, at the trophy parade. The lit, the, so there's something about Chelsea... It's say small sample size. Chelsea played Arsenal at Stamford Bridge last season. Thiago Silva started on the bench. Rudigo was injured, and so you know with the defense they put out. I mean, they got they had a rough time against Eddie and Ketia, right? Who decent player? He's not he's not tearing the wall apart. With Rudigo gone, I feel as though you need like a leader, like a proper. You know, I'm a grown man. I'm going to lead this defense. I mean, Thiago Silva is turning like 78 this year. Like that guy is, you know, he's he's done well, but the, it reaches a point where you're not going. He's not going to start every game, right? So, I mean, are you going to put Chalaba and Delit? Is he if he's going to a four, which he sort of like played around with this end last season? Chalaba and Delit, or like who? Who else is there? Who else is playing at Chelsea? Because um, Christensen so is gone. Christensen's gone. Aspi is like half in, half out. He's like Schrodinger's. Aspi is old as well. He is old. Yeah. Um, you could uh, you could play Reese James in the three, except then you don't have a right wing back because you sold Lamptey for one million. Um, yeah. The so there's Colwell, who's this kid that was out on loan last season at Huddersfield and has come back and is supposed to be the next big thing. But we know yeah. about Chelsea is they love selling their yeah. young defenders because, I mean, I, I can never get over this. And this is as not a Chelsea fan. I cannot get over the fact that they sold Tomori 
and Mark Gay. Like, what They're fucking idiots. <laughs> like, two of the best young yeah. centre-backs in Europe. I mean, are we being harsh in hindsight, Alex? No, no. Tamori came in, played really well, and they sold him. Well, well. Listen, I I am the last person to defend Frank Lampard. The absolute <laughs> last. This is this is actually turning my stomach to even say what I'm about to say right now. But Tomori started like a house on fire, was shit, then got injured, and then was shit after his injury. And then they ha- then they got thirty million. Was it alone first, and then thirty million? And it's like, yeah, you do that deal. At that point, you do it. You have to. Uh, this is all. I, like, it, it's not like he came back from injury and was great. He wasn't. He was shit again. So, like, you have to do that deal. But this is the young defender thing, right? Like, defenders are so hard to pick because, like, the Arsene Wenger always said it, right? Like, you've got to pick these young guys in defense. They're going to give up a bunch of goals, but you give them enough seasons, they're going to become decent. Um, and Chelsea just don't have. It's. It's a function of the way they operate. They don't have the patience to wait for a defender to be good in three seasons. If someone is coming with like a big loan deal and like a bunch of cash to take him off you, right? They can go yeah. out in the market and buy someone else, um, so, just like they have. No, you're absolutely right. But what 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 grinds my gears um, is that like they'll sit around for a decade and wait for Loftus Cheek to be a thing. <laughs> Like they've still got Kennedy on their books. Um, uh, Mark Marco Van Ginkel was there for like the best part of my lifetime. Like they keep all these weird random midfielders around for forever. But Tamori has like bad six months after injury, and they flog it. Like Alec, it's you, not you by can, choice. You can send these guys on loan, see if they're any good, and then bring them back once they firmly establish that they are. Like Chelsea have all the money in the world, or they did, and now they still kind of do. Like they didn't need the money. The problem is Chelsea's academy system is designed as a for-profit organization. Sure, like it's yeah. it's actually not designed to bring anyone into the first team. That's that's a luck thing. Like, and also they're not gonna get like Mason Mount was not by design. They wanted to sell him to Derby. Frank Lampard went like, "I'm yeah, now Chelsea manager. Bring him in." Ooh. What's this other guy's name? Reese James. Reece they would have sold that dude if they got thirty million, but they didn't. And now he's turned out to be great. Van Ginkel was injured for three years. He was shit as well. And so was these other uh, Kennedy. Emerson sure Palmieri is so yeah. bad. Like, it's, it's more like they can't get any money for these lads, okay? Like, I, like I'll, I'll put it this way, okay? Think, I'm thinking of it as Man United, just for a second. Mm. If Axel Twanzebe got a 30 million bid when he had that good loan season at Aston Villa, we would have sold him immediately. Take, you take that money. You have to, because you don't know if these guys are going to be good. So take that money now, and then go buy someone with experience that you think should be good, who might still flop anyway, but whatever. It's less risk. I, I, I agree. I, I don't know that Tanzabi was ever in the same kind of discussion. As no, these, not to more level. No, not. I mean, he didn't go to AC Milan and go. He went to Napoli and didn't play anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think Chelsea, you know, Chelsea had an underwhelming season last season for you know, whatever reasons, um, <clears throat> Mr. Uh, Mr. Belgium. But um, <laughs> but the thing is, I actually think that the bedrock of Chelsea is that strong defense. And without Rudiger marshalling things, with Aspilicueta getting older, with Thiago Silva getting older, unless they make some big, big moves, 
I don't, I don't see them having the same solidity, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I think they will make big moves. It's just a question of whether how quickly that that can kind of settle down. Like they're linked to to Koulibaly, who has a year left on his contract. Napoli maybe will finally be tempted to sell him. I mean, it's three years too late for everyone involved, but he'd still be a decent signing for Chelsea. Um, Bremer is a, is a possibility. Who would be a good signing at the back? But they're also spending a ton of money on the forward position. So Rafinha, we know, that seems to be close, nearly done. Um, we'll, we'll get onto the Arsenal heartbreak element of it in a bit, but like very good signing potentially for them. They're also being linked to Neymar, which is fascinating. Like PSG really want to get rid of him. Really want to get rid of him. Apparently, if it gets past a certain date this summer, he gets an automatic extension, and like no one wants that to happen. So they really need it to happen quickly. And I don't, other than like Chelsea and Newcastle, I don't know anyone that is stupid enough to do this. They're also linked to Dembele, which is a very stupid thing. I feel like if but they get that, Rafinha, that won't happen. Yeah, I think so. But owner Todd is is their technical director right now, so uh, I, I feel like I'm I'm ready for him to make a trade for like I don't know Demarcus Cousins for uh, <laughs> like just some random thing, man. Like <laughs> I I sort of get the owner wanting to understand this whole game, but. Dude, how do you appoint yourself technical director? <laughs> like, Roy, did you see um, like his initial plan for like Lukaku? He wanted they wanted to like, get Ronaldo. Players, no, he wanted to like forget that and fuck that guy too. But like, um, his his initial plan was Lukaku goes to Inter, but Inter, I want uh, Skriniar, uh, I think Dumfries. There was like there were like A three players. Trade. Exactly what he said. It's three players because he's like. And I want what your do you first need? draft pick in twenty. <laughs> like I read this somewhere. Like he wasn't even joking. And like in in some way it made sense because he's like, I just signed this guy for a hundred million. You're now telling me, Tuchel, that he has to go, and they only want to pay me ten million and a loan with no <laughs> obligation to buy. He's like, give me some players for fuck's sake. Bolly's like, I just spent four billion on this shit. Like, <laughs> have to write this, this off. <laughs> Lukaku is in cahoots with those with those owners of Interman. Like, that's the only thing that makes sense. Like, this guy goes to Inter, balls out, wins the league, decides to go back to Chelsea. Like two months into his Chelsea time, he makes a mixtape. Like a full-on, I love you. Like I never wanted to leave you. And then absolutely craps the bed in the Premier League. And then goes back for one-tenth the sum on loan. There's no way that guy is not like part owner of Inter. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no way. No, I, I actually agree. Like, I, I don't know if you saw the video today of uh, the Inter owner whose name I forget. It's him on top of a rooftop tower somewhere, which he described as inter-HQ, which is not a thing. And standing next to Lukaku, with, and it's just the most awkward video. He's just like, you're back. Do you promise to score a lot of goals? And Lukaku's like, we back, baby. And I can't tell who's got the power in the in the, in the relationship. Like, it's all very awkward. It's, it was It was so awkward. And I, I don't know if this is true or if it's just Twitter because I haven't been on it much today, but I read somewhere that his number is going to be number 90, like for two reasons. What? A, 
they've already given number nine away, I guess, to Jekyll, or I don't know who, I, I don't know if this is true. I don't know inter squad right. numbers, but they're like, okay, 90, you know, nine plus zero, but also 90 because that's a net profit inter made on the deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. I, I I can't wait to see what happens next summer because like he would have signed a what four or five year deal with Chelsea, and mm-hmm. yeah. they're just gonna have to write it off. They're they're gonna have to write the whole thing off because Inter aren't gonna spend the rest of like the rest of the money next summer. Do you and guys Chelsea remember? Do you guys remember the um, Lacazette Lukaku Morata argument? Yep. Chelsea lost twice. <laughs> <laughs> And and the funny thing about that is that Arsenal didn't win either. Yeah, Arsenal. De- we def- we definitely lost as well. But yeah, like somehow Morata sort of almost ish won because he's that guy is still getting traded around. Like, I, man. Yeah, there are a few players that we think this about, but I am convinced that Morata is just a, a money laundering scheme. Yeah, he's yeah. a money laundering. He, he's like, a front. Like, he's the vehicle for it. Like, I, I'm not even sure there's anything in there. Like, if you put a finger through Morata. There's just like data inside or something. I don't know. Either that, or he's I, a victim of human trafficking himself. Yeah, yeah, very possibly. Yeah. Um, wow. What else can we say about Chelsea? So Rafinha, Dembele, possibly Sterling. They're in for Sterling, which I think would be fascinating. I l- let me ask you both this: Are City really stupid to sell Sterling to a rival? No. Go on. Firstly, Chelsea are in disarray. So, to to me. So Roy's earlier point, or else, uh, well, it was Roy's point. Like it has to all fit, right, mm. for Chelsea. And looking at what Spurs are doing, if there's one team that's vulnerable in that top four spot, so I'm getting your hopes up, Arsenal fans and United fans. If there's one team that you should be looking to remove, it's Chelsea because yep. they're not going to challenge City for anything. Like they're just not. Like that Champions League, it happened. They fluked it. No DM. We get it. It's it's gone. They're not going to challenge for the league. These players have to bet in. Like, you're no. I'm sorry. It's it's not going to work. Might as well sell him to Chelsea because they're not they're not going to bother you. That's that's yeah. And he's what 28, and they've got uh, Grealish in that position, and they've got Holland coming in. Like they need to move some things around, and I think it's a good deal all around. Yeah, like. The thing that's weird about Chelsea is we think about them as like Chelsea from like you know 2003 whenever Roman took over to now, and man, they're those guys are loss making machine. And I don't know, I don't care how much money owner Todd has, he doesn't have as much money as Roman. So the days of like you know shipping out Rudiger and bringing in you know three expensive defenders who if one flops it's okay but we've got two who are like world class those days are gone like uh, and chelsea were not good last season they totally underwhelmed remember when lukaku absolutely bullied um rob holding and pablo marie at mm-hmm. uh, the emirates and like literally the thought was chelsea are favorites for the title right they were legit favorites for the title at one point and they totally fell apart yeah i don't know how that team comes anywhere close to to city or liverpool next season 
Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think the bet. I think you're right. I think the battle between them, Arsenal, and Spurs for the top four is going to be is going to be pretty intense. I, I, Chelsea are just are just like a a, a mystery box. Like it's just yeah. at this point, it's impossible to to call what they are because they still have so much work to do, and their team could look very different. But if they do get Sterling or or Neymar, um, one of those on the left, Rafinha on the right, and Havertz through the middle, like looks pretty tasty. Good. The the yeah. thing is though that they're they're unconvinced by Werner and Pulisic and Ziyech is going and so they have all these weird kind of other forward options that they don't really like and every, any team that wants to compete next season is going to need a lot of options because this season is is crazy fixture wise but let's move on to North London um Arsenal how many gabbies can you possibly have in one squad that's that's the question Roy Whew. well as many as you want if they're good so <laughs> Um, I'm very fine with three Gabbies. I will, I will have 10. We will recreate the Brazilian national team if we have to. Because um, uh, essentially, Edu has gone from, you know, Mr. Release Clause to Mr. Brazil. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, we'll see how it goes, but I'm very excited about this. Fair enough. If, any, if anyone doesn't know the, the situation, so Arsenal have, have Gabriel Maglaj. Um, I'm sure I've butchered that, but that's one. That's Big Gabby. Officially, according to Mikel, that's Big Gabby. Then Gabriel Martinelli is Little Gabby. So I assume Gabriel Jesus is Middle Gabby. Um, <laughs> I, I assume that's how that's going to work. It's going to be very a Goldilocks sort of situation. Um, so Jesus is coming in. Uh, Bernie, you like this? You like this move? I think it's just very competent. You know, it's it's like 45, 55 million. Yeah. I can't remember what that what the number is. Yeah, which for a striker in this market is decent. Yes, he's not the most. You know, what's the word I'm looking for? Prolific. Um, I mean, he scores a decent amount of goals, but that's probably because of a function of City. I think. Yeah. City so tech, this so. is going to be a little bit interesting, but I think for when you think about who he is and what he can bring, and the striker market, I think this is a very good deal. I think it's a very it's a better piece of business. Than the seventeen million Vlahovic thing that you wanted to do, mm-hmm. I think I think it just makes a lot more sense than that any day of the week. Um, and with Odegaard and Saka, I don't know why you want Rafinha to be on. I think that's a waste of time, um, a waste of money. Um, you're being hijacked anyway, but fine, sure. But this is a good deal all round. Um, yeah, props. How many how many goals do you guys think? If he plays a full season, right? How many goals does he get? All comps or just league? Uh, let's say just Premier League. Eddie and Katia is going to be the Europa League guy. I think it's safe to assume. So yeah. I'm going to say 15, and I think I'd be very happy with that. I'm going 16, just to trump you on. <laughs> yeah. And I think like that's that's a good sort of like expectation for an Arsenal striker to be able to take us to when I say next level top four mm-hmm. is you know some people look at this figure and they go oh you guys are spending 45 million on a guy who you know I forget the accounts like he's never scored more than 14 Premier League goals in one season well it's like well he was never really starting every game but if he gives us 15 16 17 goals I mean that's that's much better than the four goals that <laughs> Alexandra Lacazette 
gave us last season, yeah. two of which were open play. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think one thing that Gabby Jesus is going to benefit a great deal from is the lowering of expectations that Alex Lacazette provided uh, on, on his way out. Like, if Jesus puts in a, a pretty good, you know, striking performance this season 12 to 12 to 16 goals like everyone's going to be pretty happy with that because of the shit that came before it like that's that's the reality right and he's one of those guys that because of the way that city play he's used to the link up play he's used to the dropping deep he can play mm-hmm. wide although um you know given arsenal's wide options i don't know that you necessarily want him to um but yeah like this is one of those moves where it's the right time for the player it's the right level for the player it's the it's the kind of move where you put more responsibility on a guy who was once a young player and is now coming into his, his peak years. Like it just, it's just one of those things that fits. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and then there's, uh, Matt Turner, um, American <laughs> goalkeeper who frankly, like from the clips I'd seen was not, is not necessarily that good, but having watched his, uh, his intro interview, uh, he's a lovely bloke, and he spoke about how his sister fancied Giroud, and that <laughs> that was very funny. Yeah, the I I definitely have to say it was a red flag that the first Arsenal player he mentioned was Giroud, and like yeah. he talked about Giroud scoring wonderful goals. It's like, okay, you know, you just you started watching us a decade ago, but come on, let's can we pick some other people apart from like this handsome traitor. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's second choice. He's just here to, he's here to just fill in, fill in the gaps so that Ramsdale can do his thing. Yeah. yeah. Is Leno gone? Not yet. But the expectation yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, that's he'll a, be that's out. That's an agenda. I'm very proud of that agenda of mine. Very, very proud of it. You never liked Leno. He was fine, yeah. man. Like, he was just, he was, he, he, okay. he was, he was rubbish. He, 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 he was. He wasn't rubbish. We, we, <laughs> trust me, we've seen rubbish. When you Pepper spend a decade watching, watching Almunia, like, yeah, oh. you don't get to call Leno rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, he could save, but yeah. He's out. Um, just to round off, uh, round off the Arsenal moves, uh, I mean, there's a kid from Brazil they brought in, Marquinhos. Don't know enough about him to, to speak much about him he plays in in the pepe position uh which makes the rafinha thing even more weird that's anyway. a strange one yeah 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 um but there's also uh fabio vieira who uh, amusingly mo keeps calling fabio silva which is that racism probably um but like <laughs> Let's it's call just it that. that he can't remember vieira <laughs> um but uh so, I mean, Roy, maybe you know more about him than I do. I'm not sure. So he came from Porto. He's yep. a silky, slight, left-footed, sort of mustachioed Bernardo Silva-looking guy. That's that's my interpretation. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. He started to play more after Luis Diaz went to Liverpool. He's sort of has come through Porto Academy. Um, having watched the YouTube comps, I'm pretty sure he's the next David Silva. Uh, <laughs> but... Don't quote me on that. I think it's good to just have some depth, right? Like, I think this is Arsenal. Arsenal are moving smart, right? Like, they're not... The Rafinha thing is a bit interesting, like, sort of maybe unexpected. But, yeah, they're just building up a good, solid squad of young players who they think are going to be able to, you know, 
you're going to be able to fill up the gaps when Odegaard needs a rest or you know Saka needs a rest, whatever. Um, but yeah, let's hope let's hope he lives up to the hype. The guy, the guy scored a decent clip and assisted a decent clip at Porto, so we'll see. Yeah, for sure. And he looks like one of the three musketeers, which I'm, I quite enjoy. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Arsenal building a, an interesting interesting squad and hopefully uh, we get to see Saliba this season as well which there, there are there are plenty of agendas floating around about that so we'll, we'll if see. if we don't see Saliba this season man like yeah uh, Twitter's gonna be Twitter's gonna be just too much of a mess like I'm gonna have to just stay off Twitter like you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what to go back to Chelsea for a second if I were Chelsea I would rock the boat uh, like Saliba's got two years left on his deal He's clearly mm. not like in love with Arsenal at this point. I would chuck some money at that and see if I could at least ruffle some feathers, but that's just a just a throwaway. Yeah. Um, the other side of North London, Tottenham Hotspurs are making some moves, man. Like this is a very very interesting transfer window. So Perisic came in. That one was like Conte gets his his old guy. His boy. Yeah, and I don't mean old in, in like like Perisic is old, but he's one of the fittest players in Europe. Like this guy's a greyhound, um, but he's really bloody good. Like really, like if you if you're thinking about like what can Reguilon do in the final third compared to Ivan Perisic, it, it, this is night and day kind of stuff. <laughs> Why are you talking about Perisic and the wing okay. back? <laughs> he is a wing back at this point. <laughs> He played as a wing back for Inter Milan. I know, but uh, he's a winger in my head. Like this is this is the most Conte thing ever. I don't like it, bro. You you know you know in football as you age you just you just slowly move back down the pitch until you're. He's thirty four, though, right? So he's four. Yeah. It's got to look uh, some look standard vibes here, man. Moving from Italy to to England, playing on the wing, you're like, oh, I remember we bought that guy. I was like, man, we're gonna have a solid right back, and uh, man, the, the guy was terrorized by by Championship wingers. Um, yeah, I think what Roy's too. saying is that he's gonna flop hard, and I and I concur. I agree, he's gonna flop very badly. Okay, I I will within two weeks of the season starting, I will have proved you both wrong on that one. Um, <laughs> Talk to me about Yves Basuma, who today, according to the Daily Mail, which is not a reputable source, but according to the Daily Mail, Yves Basuma has been cleared of sexual assault, which I'm sure will be a relief to uh, to everyone involved. But fucking good central midfielder. That's some that's some Italian mafia stuff that just happened, man. Like uh, got this guy absolved of all uh, <laughs> all charges. Corleone. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's listen. I've he can play center mid. He can play defensive mid. I I wanted the guy last year, even though my club had decided it's allergic to defensive midfielders. And then I hear that he signs for twenty five million. I'm like, look, man, I don't I don't know what it is with Paratici and all these people, but I think they go around breaking agents' legs and, and like <laughs> other directors' legs, and like this is what we're paying. Because this is ridiculous. I'm sorry, Hoiberg was like like a packet of crisps and like Basuma, I don't know the 25 million. Richarlison apparently is less than what like Everton want. Like, give me a breather here. (laughs) So, so the, the, yeah, the, the Hoiberg and Basuma parallel is one year left on the deal. 
Uh, I'm sure the the police investigation brought the brought, brought the price down oh, a bit. Yeah, right. Definitely, Def- Like clubs, any sane club. Let's also appreciate the madness of practices. Like any sane club, you do not touch a player who is under investigation. Correct. Like let's let's be real, especially like in that country. It's not like we're talking about you know. It's still as as bad as it is. Someone in another country, like on holiday, or whatever. Um, but in that same country, you're under investigation. That's that's mad risky. Um, yeah, because Paratici said investigation or investigation. <laughs> uh-huh. It's gone. <laughs> Paratici today in negotiations with the Met Police. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I do feel I do feel, and people obviously said it at the time, but it, you have to think that they were confident that nothing yeah. was going to come of this when they did the deal. And if they weren't confident, then shame on them, frankly, yeah. for, for going yeah. anywhere near um, before, before it was clear. But, you know, it doesn't mean he didn't do anything. doesn't mean he did do anything. We, we won't yeah. know. Um, but he's a bloody good central midfielder. And frankly, like they've been running Hoiberg into the ground for the last couple of years. And so they really needed someone else that can partner Benzincourt and Skip. And like those four, that like that's a pretty pretty solid central midfield um and then uh Richarlison mm. I think I, I don't think the guy's a world beater but I think what they've needed for years is someone who can deputize for Harry Kane but also play in another position because yeah. if you just get in a number nine like he's gonna play three minutes a season Richarlison can play left, he can play right, can play through the middle. He'll get a lot of game time. I just think they've finally done it in that respect. Yeah. Like the Kulisevsky coming in and nailing down that right side allowed Tottenham to really take a step up second half of last season. Mm-hmm. And so essentially now you have three forwards. I mean, he way outperformed his, his underlying metrics, but still he played well. But you have three forwards who are really solid, and then you have someone who can essentially. I mean, he's he's mostly played sort of off the left there, but I could see him jumping in and and playing anywhere across that line. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a smart move. So really, because they've always suffered if, if Kane gets injured, if Son is injured, they've really had a rough time. So smart, smart move if they can do it. Mm-hmm. And it's and it means that, you know. Sorry, Bernie, go on. I was thinking it's it's, it's a brilliant deal. It's for exactly the reasons you guys said. It's one that I thought, say, my United need to do, considering Cristiano Ronaldo is the only forward, and they clearly wanted either a partner or a backup. And I thought Richarlison, like this makes a lot of sense. If you can get him for fifty million, as you said, he can play anywhere across the front. And when uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin was out, he did deputize as a nine. He does get in amongst in the mix. Likes to, you know. Fight center backs and stuff like that. So dive, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. need that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Spurs again. This is a madness, absolute madness. Yeah, no, I, I think it's yeah. I think it's a very smart move. Um, the one that that came through today that is is maybe a little more debatable. Um, Clement Longley, 
Um, apparently one of the most rabid Catholics in European football. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Conte like crosses himself about 19 times before each game. So I'm able to get along famously, but um, he's had a, he's had a, a bad few years at, at Barcelona. It's one of those things where like, clearly there was talent there at some stage and you'd think that someone can get it out of him. I just, like, I don't know how, how anyone can know how this will go really. Badly. <laughs> yeah, like if you're going to look at the Barcelona years, you, that's what you'd assume, right? But then Conte turned Ben Davis into like a nine out of ten defender every week, so God knows. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I struggle to see it. If there's anyone who can do it, it's Conte. Like Conte will put the fear of God in you, and and then put you in a system where you can, you know, you can somewhat operate. I remember I saw a quote recently from Emerson about how, you know, he was working so hard in training and Conte told him, listen, man, you're not working hard enough. And he worked harder and came back to Conte and Conte said, no, nah, man, you're still, you're still doing nothing. So if, if this is, the guy has outrageous standards. If you're, you know, if you're an obedient Catholic boy, <laughs> um, you'll just, you'll just like plug in and hopefully win his, win his affection. So, yeah. Roy, the big mistake here is thinking that Emerson Palmieri can actually be trusted. Sorry, Emerson Royale. Royale. <laughs> <laughs> should be trusted. Work hard. I don't believe that guy. Work hard again. He's named after a candy for fuck's sake. <laughs> I think Conte's just being honest. <laughs> Conte's like, I've literally started Matt Doherty ahead of you by choice. So you, you do have to work hard. <laughs> okay, who's um? I totally forget his name now. Who's who's Tottenham's left-sided English guy? That that young guy, um, Ryan Sessegnon. Sessegnon. I think he's taking the leap this season. Yeah, I, I agree, and and I think Perisic is a very good like. Sessegnon's problem has been injuries, but so yeah. having, having Perisic there allows him uh, a little bit of time and space. It, it'd be interesting to see. Like they need to move Reggie on, and I don't know who's buying him. Who's stupid? Chelsea. Um, no, left back. Everton. Oh. Uh, no, they just bought one. The Ukrainian kid. Mikolenko. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Liverpool, uh, Bernie, I know, know you love this. Um, they've sold, they've doubled their money on Takumi Minamino. Unbelievable. Oh. Unbelievable. Listen, I'm not supposed to praise Liverpool ever or at all, but they are the best transfer machine in world football. I also think they are mafia-based or or operation. There's something. Because how do you double your money on Minamino? No, I'm sorry. No. I'm not even selling him in England. Selling him to a French club. Yes. (laughs) Like, what, no when was the Monaco spent any money on anyone? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Remember when they were saying, like, they sold Solanke for 20 million and then they sold, like, someone eBay. else young for, like, yeah, like 18 million. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then they do this. This impresses me the most. Like, honestly, honest this impresses me the most. I, I'm tired of them being this good at this game. Like it's 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 um it's ridiculous. It's just it's ridiculous. decent. It's decent by association, right? Like, 
100%. Even someone like Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, like this guy, when he's sold, maybe this this offseason, maybe another one, they'll make decent money on this guy, and you'll wonder how is this possible? The the dude has not touched the grass hardly for like over a season more, and they'll sell him for twenty million. Yep, Alex, and it'll just be like rumored. Neko Williams or whatever. Did he leave already yeah. or is he rumored to leave? Rumored Fulham 15 million. My God. <laughs> I mean, Fulham are good for this. And uh, Andrea Pereira. They're, giving us, they're trying to give us 13 million. Oh my God. I, I'm so okay. happy. That would, that, that's a miracle move. Like, if you get 13 for that guy, that's... You know, what, you know what Fulham are like when they get promoted? They're like the kid that goes to the, the, like, the news agent for the first time on their own. And just get scared of the money. Just, like chucks it all onto the counter, and, and, the, and the news agent has to be like, "No, no, like take some of it back." Like, <laughs> they, just, they get promoted and they get they panic. Oh, yeah, that would that would be a good sell. But Liverpool, it's just yeah, it's a decent by association thing. Like, yeah. there's no reason that Minamino is. It was a smart buy. Let's say let's give them the props there, right? It was a smart, inexpensive buy. And they've doubled their money for a guy who scored once in a blue moon, and they yep. could invest somewhere else. Yep, they've uh, they've Toronto real estated him. They've they've <laughs> come in low and they've flipped him. Um, let's talk about Mane for a second. Um, I I think this is a bigger deal than it's kind of being given credit for. Like this is a guy who's been an absolute pillar of this team for what five five years, give or take. He's one of the. I muted Alex by accident. There we go. That was rude, man. <laughs> I tried to mute myself and I muted you. You didn't want to hear about money. I never just live with prop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh where was it yeah yeah i just i just i just feel like everyone's just been kind of like yeah yeah time to sell money um and maybe it is it just i don't know man like i don't know that the transition to the darwin nunez and uh and what's his name the other bloke luis diaz luis diaz is is necessarily going to be that smooth Maybe it's stupid. I mean, Liverpool is brilliant. Maybe it, w- it will be. It just feels like it's been kind of undersold a bit. I, I understand where you're coming from because of who Mane is. It's a lot of eggs in the Salah basket, which is fine. Like, he's been the best player in the league for God knows how many years, right? Like, whatever. That's even if he signs a new a new deal. Because Liverpool have been strong-armed. Like, you know, they, they're they're very stubborn about their wage structure, which, credit to them. So it could be a bigger deal in the sense of it could be a precursor to that front three completely being gone, right? Mm. And then really having to reset. Maybe it's a Jota, um, Luis Diaz, Nunez. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe someone else comes in. Who knows? But like Mane was so good. Even if he didn't get that many goals, he was so clutch at times that we were having this discussion. Luis Diaz has done really well. But I'm not sure he's going to do Mane well. And Salah may be out or maybe he's getting older. Like, like, does Darren Nunes take them over the hill to dominance? 
I don't think so. Even though he's a really good player, I, I don't think so. So I think, yeah, is this this could be a very very big turning point. Yeah, and unless one or both of Darwin and Luis Diaz just knock it out of the park, like Liverpool are definitely in a tough spot, especially because of the amount of money they splashed out on Darwin. Like, let's remember, these guys are not, like, crazy rich, right? They're efficient. Um, I think the thing that... I'm in agreement that this should be a bigger deal than it's being made out to be. Like, if I reflect on that Champions League final, I mean, they lost. But I look at how Mane played. Like, Mane is the kind of guy... Sure, he'll have those games where he'll miss... You know, miss a bunch of sitters. But this guy comes up with important goals. Like, he is the guy who steps up. Like, you can't have Salah at 100% every single game. And he's the guy who stepped in whenever Salah was, like, just a, a tad down. We know that um, Firmino is essentially on his way out. So you need to have Luis Diaz or Darwin Nunes get to that level quick. And that's a big call. It's a big call in them to, to make. Like, it is, yeah. yeah. And and I and I wonder how many, how how do you do the 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 Jota thing? So you you have to assume that given they spent seventy million on Nunes, he's gonna start in the middle most games. And I think this season we'll see a lot of rotation for everyone just because of the 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 fixture schedule. But you assume that Nunes starts through the middle. You assume that that um, why well, can't I remember his name? Diaz on the left, and you assume that Salah starts on the right. And I know that they rotate a lot, but Jota was like for the first half of last season, Jota was kind of the guy. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, Salah was the guy, but Jota, Jota was phenomenal. Um, I just kind of wonder where that puts him in the. That usually you know what the hierarchy is, and now I'm not sure that we do. Yeah, I think it's a bit muddled, and I think um, like Jota was doing so well, he probably has to step up to your point now and at least be given the the faith by the manager but i think i was just looking at a stat here uh, when liverpool finished third the season prior people a lot was made of um van dyke's injury and whatever else that they had but i think what a lot of people forgot to realize was Mane had a really bad season for his standards and mm-hmm. Liverpool, in general, when you look at their XG and look at their chance conversion, it was so far down. If Mane had been able to maintain the... Because Salah maintained his... If Mane was able to maintain his goal-scoring rate at what she was doing before, which was, I think, 20-plus goals or whatever it was, they probably would have finished second. So the defense actually held up and did what it was supposed to do. But Mane and Salah and Firmino as well, because Firmino mm-hmm. had a really bad drop, performed really really badly so their attack is so crucial to what they're going to do almost more so than their defense in when you really really look at it so this is, this is big this is really really big it's I'm, I'm i'm a little bit nervous and happy at the same time we'll see <laughs> and are they linked to anyone else they've been like very very quiet nunez aside mm, i wouldn't say anything oh, right? no no, I haven't seen yeah, it. Interesting. I, I would have thought, like, before the Nuno signing, I would have thought maybe something in midfield um, where I thought they were maybe lacking, you know, Fabinho and, and um, Thiago were fantastic last season. I felt like the third guy maybe could have been... Upgrade. Anyway, we, we will see. Um, Manchester City, 
Holland, obviously. I mean, what else? What else is there to say really about Holland? Like, okay, okay. Oh, does anyone think this isn't going to go well? Uh, no, I mean it's impossible to fail. It's, <laughs> or only if he gets injured. If his injury record is is spotty, then okay, yeah. yeah. I think it's it's not a, the question isn't whether it won't like it's how good will he be? Will he be a seven out of ten or will he be a ten out of ten? Because mm. by by definition of being in city with all those chances and it being how good a finisher he is, he'll score minimum eighteen goals. Minimum eighteen. It's can he be a twenty five? Because that's his his apparent ceiling, right? If he's not seen as a twenty five goal a season player in like domestic, like in the league, people might be like, he's, he sucks. <laughs> like, it, it, it's unfortunate that his ceiling is so high that we're talking about him and Mbappe being the new Messi and Ronaldo. That like if he doesn't do stupid numbers, he could be seen as a flop. But he's not. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Do Do you think Roy? Do you think they actually need or want him to be a twenty five season? 25 goal a season guy, if you know what I mean. I think the reason they they want him and need him to be that 25 goal season guy is so that they can have an easier go at the Premier League and and really like. And it's not like they don't try in Champions League when they have tight Premier League battles, but like, you know, I feel as though with Liverpool, if this Darwin Lewis Diaz thing doesn't quite work out and they're, you know, 10 points, they get 10 fewer points and Man City just like keep their clip going, then it means that like there's a little less pressure in the Premier League and perhaps some, a bit more focus on Champions League. Um, again, not that they weren't focusing, but I think you get what I'm saying there. I, know, yeah. I think that's, to me, that's the the differentiator is like Haaland makes it easier for them to win. I think they're going to win irrespective. It just makes it easier for them to win the league. Um, And it's more of an afterthought. And then perhaps he's also, you know, we talk about how much they fail to kill off games sometimes. Like, you know, it's not a team that lacks quality and opportunities to win these knockout games. Like, they just fail to fully capitalize on opportunities. And Haaland is such a beast. Like, if this guy... I can see this guy scoring 30-plus goals. Like, if he... Like, he's an absolute monster. Absolute <laughs> monster. Like, his physicality, his te- technical ability, like, it's going to be scary when De Bruyne is laying stuff on a plate for him. Um... You know, Grealish Foden doing the stuff on the wing and laying on the plate for him. This guy, I can easily see him scoring 25, 30 if things like so, Here's a question for, for anyone who wants to answer it. So, Carl Anker has the Dominic Calvert Lewin test where he says, like, if a defender can get, can deal with Dominic Calvert Lewin physically, he's fine for the Premier League. Is that still the case with Haaland around? I think the problem is about style because Holland is like I say problem in terms of if we're applying this test not in terms of <laughs> whether or not I think he's physically can knock people over he absolutely can but he's not a back to goal kind of guy and I think also he gets bullied when he is back to goal it's when he's when he picks up pace like a locomotive and runs at you is the problem and in that sense I mean fuck he'll knock like he'll pass that test very easily but 
I think he might. I think there might be a little bit of a surprise when big defenders are knocking him around, and he'd be like, "The hell is this? This is not yeah. what I was used to in Austria and in Germany." But I think he's good enough that he'll figure it out fairly quickly, and also City will just create chance where he'll just tap them in anyway. So it, Fair yeah, it, it'll be null and void eventually. If that happens, he'll up his goat consumption to like three an evening, and then just, just build a bit more muscle. Um, so the other two, the other two moves, I think, are a bit more interesting, just because they're a little, little less uh, conventional. So you've got Julian Alvarez, who's coming in from River Plate. Not very often that you see, other than Brighton, I suppose, not very often that you see people coming straight from South America um, into the into a first team squad in the Premier League. The guy looks class, but then the Argentinian league genuinely, and this isn't just like you know, Eurocentrism, like the Argentina League is shit. Yeah. So, Fair. I don't know. Who bit knows? Of a, Who, bit of yeah. a mystery. There's no way to know. The guy could, yeah, the guy could just be, you know, one of the best players in the league. He could take two years to adapt. We'll see. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then Calvin Phillips. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm on record as being a big fan of this guy. So I obviously think this is a good move for everyone concerned. But uh, I know other people are less enthusiastic. Where do you guys sit? I have a feeling Bernie is not a Calvin Phillips fan. Am I? <laughs> Do I have this correct? It, it, well, Roche, um hates him. <laughs> and I just think he's decent. And if you're going to pay $40 million for a backup defensive midfielder, sure. Like, you know, your primary one costs you 70 your back costs you 40 <laughs> Like It's okay. Like, yeah. th- those are numbers that are still kind of insane. When you think about a backup defensive midfielder costing forty million, backup, no, but, yeah. but you know what? Like, it's confident. He's he's reliable and doesn't make too many mistakes. Yeah. Is I think the key. And if that's what you're getting as a backup, I have no problem with it. But he's not that good, <laughs> and he's not starting, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, like you know, he's better than Fabian Dolph, right? Fabian Dolph was rocking up <laughs> that in- bar. He was rocking up in the city midfield once in a while, right? Like, yeah, he's he's a solid player for Leeds. He's a solid player for England, and he's not going to be a starter. Yeah, you chuck him in there. Yeah, you you also know that Pep will do anything Bielsa says. So like, Pep calls Bielsa and says, "Is Calvin Phillips good?" And Bielsa gives him like a two hour lecture on on how and why, and Pep's like, "Yeah, fine, forty million." Um, <laughs> the the other thing that that occurred to me is that Phillips might play at the back sometimes especially because like city seem very willing to sell nathan ake as we've discussed but they only have two other defenders don't they i mean they've got laporte oh sorry three so laporte yeah, diaz three, yeah. stones, stones and they're not linked with any other center backs so maybe phillips does a bit of that yeah, yeah they used to throw fernandinho back there so yeah. um actually we can play job. yeah yeah i see that Fair enough. I see that. Um, okay, two two more clubs. We'll get through them very quickly. One is Newcastle United, who are being incredibly boring and sensible. Uh, Nick Pope. Ugh. Yes, good move. Yeah. A solid goalkeeper. Can't believe yep. they did it. Yep. <laughs> uh, although I did think, like, Dubrovka's not someone they necessarily needed to replace immediately, but, you know, fair enough. Nick Pope's available, you get him. Um, and Sven Botman. Um, the thing that immediately came to mind here is that he and Dan Byrne are just both like massive trees. You know, you know what's so clever about Newcastle? Um, they've approached this like from a standpoint of, you know, from January, get rid 
of the championship players from your starting lineup. Mm. And then this summer, get rid of the championship players essentially from your match day squad, right? So I'm looking at you, LaSalle's. Um So the thing that they've done really well is that they haven't gone, they haven't gone, we're going to go get Kunde, we're going to go get some high-profile person. Um, I mean, Nick, Nick Pope's in England, uh, mid-profile. Mid uh, but man, they've just, they're being so methodical and it's so annoying because you can see that they have, you'd, you'd want them to make big stumbles and then maybe four years from now realize this is the path they need to take, but they're already taking the correct path. Um, you know, Make sure LaSalle does is not in your team. Make sure Jake Murphy is not in your team. Like all these, all these little moves to just get themselves into the top half. Like I think that's their goal: is this upcoming season get in the top half? That's when did they, when like, did they finish the season? I think eleventh or something like that. Yeah, something okay. like that. Just I think they were okay. just outside. Yeah. Um, I think they're. Sorry, Ryan. Go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That was that's pretty much it. Other thing, I think, I think the worst point is they they could have thrown a lot of money at this PSG style and whatever. Remember when Malaga got rich and then threw a bunch of money and then all of a sudden they had to yes. like sell everything. Yeah. <laughs> they could have done that, and I think what they're doing is slowly build. Maybe it takes two or three years to get even like to be a Europa League side, and then you can start throwing the big money at like mm -hmm. Neymar or something like that. Just to throw out a random name. I think they mm -hmm. want to build it up to the point that like when we want to spend Saudi money, like we're spending Saudi money with a guarantee that we're we're now in the Champions League, and then we can start throwing our weight around. I feel yeah. like that's that's what's happening, and that's sickening, like because oh. they will not be stopped when they get it, to that point. It is sickening, and, and it's it's also oh, sorry, go on, yeah. I would say they're too efficient. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's also it's also very sensible just from like a fun perspective. Like right now, the expectations aren't through the roof, and so they can actually just like enjoy their time running the club. As soon as they're like one of the elite clubs, that's when it's all pressure, and winning just brings you relief. Like they can actually enjoy the journey. That's the fun bit when you can see your team progressing. And uh, yeah. once that's over, it's just it's just pressure. That's so true. Like for the fans, like you know, they're able to, like you say, go on this journey where they can see them slowly develop. Like they can really, like a guy like like Bobman, he's gonna be if they succeed, he's gonna be around for a while, and he's gonna be like an early pillar that really laid that foundation for what's gonna come down the line. Um, yeah, man, the days of you know, I know, I know the Longstaff boys used to terror, terrorize Man United, but like those days are like long gone, man. Um, they're efficient, so. they're smart. It's yeah, it's it's impressive. Yeah. Uh, finally, on Newcastle, does John Joe John Joe Shelby play the first game of the season? Yes. Okay, Roy. Hundred percent. They're getting rid of him next season. All right. This I is, think he's on the bench. This is his last season. I, th I think that's a pivotal moment. Whenever that happens, I think that's when you know it's uh, it's really begun. Um, all right, last club that I want to talk about: Los Angeles FC. Yes, UPS FC. <laughs> <laughs> um, they went into this transfer window. Well, it's not. Is it transfer window? What is? It? What does MLS even have? Just like yeah. do a trade when you want. I don't know. Um, and they were like, "How do we build our team?" Giorgio Chiellini and Gareth Bale. 
I respect it. I respect <laughs> it. I don't respect putting them in those ridiculous hats, but <laughs> I, I I respect the ambition. They're already top of the supporter shield, and they're like, you know what? Let's get one of the best center backs ever play, and let's get the one of the best British players and like international superstar to come in here. My yeah. God! Basically, they took the LA Galaxy model and said, "Screw you, we're up." <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yep. I, I was thinking about this the other day, and like a lot of players that have moved to MLS have been. Well, I say a lot. I'm mostly talking about Jermaine Defoe, who didn't realize that he would have to fly all over North America and was very put out by it. Um, if I was Bale, I would have absolutely negotiated only playing home games. Because, like, do you really want to be sodding off, you know, five hour flight wet? windy night in chicago or whatever or new england like nah that's true you yeah. forget he's gonna like probably play at the same time as a u.s pga tour golf golf you know tournaments he doesn't mind if he has to go to chicago and hit the golf come on man <laughs> <laughs> Bit of deep dish you know he, yeah. he was picking between like cardiff city and you know swansea and Los Angeles, and let me tell you, like this guy, all he did was just Google LA golf co- LA golf courses, and his yeah. mind was set, right? Like year long golf versus nine month shitty golf, like yeah. it's an easy decision. He'll go to Chicago yeah. as long as he can fly back to LA and hit the links as soon as he lands. He's good. Yeah, that's fair. I I think what's very clear, like he said that basically Wales qualifying for the World Cup meant that he was extending his career a little bit and i find that very funny from a you're from the perspective of the club who's signing him just like you're just a bit better than retirement for me as an option i think he's gonna kill it though yeah he's like he's legitimately as long as he stays on the field he's still legitimately a good player oh he'll tear it up like when he showed up at Tottenham and actually was fit, the games he was fit, he scored goals in the Premier League. Sixteen. It's goals. just that, just that he like couldn't, he couldn't be bothered that much to be as fit as he really should have been. If Zlatan could do well, then Bale can do well. I mean, to me, the bar for I don't think he cares, but obviously the bar is Jovinko and David Beckham in terms of impact. But like, eh, like he's just here to chill. I don't think I don't think he's here for like no, a legacy, no. not anything at all. like that. Yeah, like he'll, yeah. he'll do better than Stevie G. That's for sure. That's Mate. for damn sure. He's already <laughs> done better than Stevie G. Um, okay, and that that brings us nicely onto where I want to end, which is uh, the tiny TFC's new tiny Italian, uh, the, the next atomic ant, is Lorenzo Insigne. I, I'm pretty excited about this. I have to say, like this is. Like Javinko, obviously, when he got here, was ridiculous and like absolutely best MLS player of all time. Yes, I agree. Every time you say his name, I must say that (laughs) in my lifetime. Because it's totally cool with it. What I would say though is that, like, on arrival, Insigne is a better footballer. Yes. Uh, it was this a mic drop moment or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm just sitting here like thinking about how much he could destroy this league if he really wants to. If he's serious, if he has even a shred of seriousness, 
in his body, he is going to just vaporize this league. Yeah. Like that guy, yeah. like he's as much as you think him, like he's amazing. He is like, how old is he now? He's, isn't he still he's like DCA, 31. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's like early 30s, right? Like I thought he was 30, 31. Man, like no matter what a defense does, you just give him the ball on the, on the left side of the D. He'll put it in the net somehow every single time. Um, yeah. He, if he's, it's all depends how serious he is. Like if you go back to Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale has zero, like zero aims of being like an MLS legend. Zero. No. If mm-hmm. Insigne has like a shred of that, it's over. And I think that's where the Javinko came and he wanted to be the guy. You know what I mean? Like he came and he said, "I I want to do this." And he, I mean, this is a guy who stepped off a plane after playing for Italy. Literally, like how long was that flight? Jet lag came in and scored that goal against Red Bulls. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, Man from I home. think Insigne cannot come to this club and follow in the footsteps of that guy as a another small Italian and not put in the work. It's not possible. Nah, like, nah. like I think he's gonna he look at that template. and he's yeah. gonna do it. Like you can't yeah. be a flop after that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, that's a good point. Or like personal pride, he's not going to want to be not as good as Javinko. That's true. Yeah. But we shall see. Exciting times. Anyway, uh, that's an hour and seventeen minutes on on transfers, which is quite impressive, really. Uh, but if anyone's still still with us, I respect the endurance. Um, and you've clearly done your preseason training, so well done, um, Roy. Thank you so much for joining us once again. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Anytime, Bernie. Thank you for uh, simultaneously watching your babies and doing a podcast. I'm suitably impressed. This is what we do for the love of the game. <laughs> Not the love of the children. The love of the game. <laughs> the game for the children. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.